Hello, welcome to another podcast with Pastor Mike, U-Turn for Christ here in New Mexico. We're doing our second evening podcast, and I'm bringing the word that we're going to share this week in our Bible study. It's 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 28. It says, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, Test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. As I was preparing, this is this is the last part of a series that we're doing in First Thessalonians. And the last half of the series dealt with six different subjects. The first one was to walk in love. So it's, this is the walk-in series. That's second half of the study of First Thessalonians. So first, we, we learn to walk in holiness. Second, walk in love. Third, we walked in diligence. We learn to walk in diligence. Fourth, walk in hope. Five, walk in light. And finally, we come to this portion of scripture. It talks about walking in obedience. Now, when we say walking in obedience, this is the Apostle Paul instructing the Thessalonians in their work. He's giving them some final things um, to be obedient to him as a pastoral epistle might even uh, have in it. But this right here, he's he's just telling them some things. First of all, um, in obedience, he, he mentions the leadership um, of the church. He says, brethren, recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. So he's talking about those who are more mature and those who are instructing and who are guiding and shepherding them. Those who are even, if you will, um, that they are coming to rank under and submit to. And he says to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So when you do this, apparently you have peace. When you esteem your pastors and your leadership, you are able to bring peace among one another. It's so hard uh, to have the work of Christ going on and have uh, a lot of disappointment in the ministry. And you have um, all sorts of reasons why a pastor could be um, down and out and depressed. Um, maybe it's perhaps because it 
at times can become lonely and um, it's, it's hard work hard work trying to be the spear tip if you will and uh, sometimes you get dull and it's important for people to encourage their pastors to pray for their pastors to esteem them very highly and that might look different for different people and and you know we have to be careful not to to use flattery when we do that because a lot of leaders once they're wounded or hurt by by people become susceptible to flattery and flattery isn't coming from a place of love but esteeming them very highly in love is that's the the ticket right there that's what we want to do and we have peace with one another and then he goes on with the warnings he says in verse 14 to warn those who are unruly comfort the faint-hearted so warn those who are unruly people who don't want to follow the rules he, he, he wants to give people a chance not just toss them out of the church right away or not just you know be done with them right away but give them a warning or give them some time to change but don't say anything that's not going to work either so we have to do that job of being the balancer and warning those who are unruly but also comforting the faint-hearted sometimes people become unruly because they are faint-hearted and they need that extra care and that love so sometimes um there's a, there's a saying that goes chasing the afflicted and afflict the chastened god will chasten the afflicted or i i think i said that wrong but it, it goes uh, god will chasten the comfortable and comfort the afflicted you get what i'm saying either way comfort the faint-hearted uphold the weak be patient with all so weak people come to us all the time and we were probably weak at one point in one way or another and maybe we've gotten to a point where we're able to be strong enough where people come to us but we have to be patient we have to be patient because weak people are needy people and they need things and it's very hard to deal with people who are needy um, and we just have to see them through the eyes of Christ and see them as one who Christ died for and even if it ends up becoming something that is not for you um, for them it's for you that God would have us be obedient to be patient with all that's where true love comes out that's where we must be prepared if we're serving in the ministry we need to be patient with all we need to be prayed up we need to have the resources of God already in us and verse 15 says see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone obviously that's not going to do an eye for an eye that's the Old Testament saying you know but um, evil for evil we can't have that in the church can't have people committing evil and just be getting more evil it's not going to do good for anyone but here's what does good just pursuing good pursue there's that pursuit 
always chasing what is good both for yourselves and for all. And so rendering evil for evil, that's the way of the world. Payback. Pursuing what is good, that's the way of God. God pursued what was good for us. And you see, if you notice, all of this comes out of an outflow of the gospel. And what the gospel of Jesus Christ has done in our life, it shows in your work with one another. It comes out. Verse 16 says to rejoice always. Now, I I sometimes question that when you have different circumstances but just rejoice knowing that your name is written in the book of life. You could question and still rejoice. 17, pray without ceasing. It's one of our key verses in our prayer ministry, Prayer Changes Things, from Mrs. Peggy Brown out in Paris, California. She has this pray without ceasing everywhere. And prayer changes things. That's our prayer ministry. And if we don't um, look at that and say, you know what? I do need to pray for everything. So so people will come up to me sometimes and ask me a quick question and I'll have to tell them, look, I'm going to have to pray about that. I just don't know the answer. Or um, we'll be having a problem and we'll say, hey, let's stop and pray about it. And God will provide the answer. And people are amazed with that. It's very, very cool when God answers your prayer. And maybe it's taken a long time to answer your prayer. Don't stop praying. Pray until something happens. They'll push. And everything give thanks. Verse 18, for this is the will of God and for Christ Jesus in you. So give everything. Just know that God has given us everything we need. And he will provide for us even more in the time and the life to come. Do not quench the spirit. Don't turn off the fire of the Holy Spirit. Don't turn off what God is doing through sin. Don't don't cut off God and his ability to use you and the situation, all the people, by quenching the spirit. What do, how do we quench the spirit? It, it's just through sin or through disobedience. And not listening to him or not or doing things in our own strength in the flesh. Start to quench the spirit. Just do not despise prophecies. So sometimes um, when we're gathered in a, in a spiritual setting and you start to share the word of God, or you have somebody give a prophetic word, word of prophecy. A lot of people will say, Well, that I don't know, that's from God. Well, he tells us. If it is, you better test it. Verse 21 says to test all things. Hold fast what is good. Maybe we don't understand everything, but hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, a lot of people get confused and they, they think that they could still do the things that they used to do in the world. And they could still do that trying to live a life that's pleasing to Christ. But every form of evil, so a lot of the people that um, are my age and everything are getting uh, different technology and different things that are 
um, seemingly um, luxury, I guess, but people will um, get fire sticks from Amazon or different Apple products or whatever, and they'll have a, a hacked piece of technology that just can get them all the movies they want. Or they can um, access movies for free, and that's a that that's not good. It's silly. It's evil. So when we look at things that we're gonna allow into our life, we have to ask: Would God be pleased with this? He starts to wind down the chapter there. By saying, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There he kind of just explains the threefold division of who we are. Our spirit, soul, and body. And just like God is a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're made in his image and he's saying that the body the soul and the spirit should be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ that was his whole emphasis for us to look forward to the coming of the lord jesus christ and our soul and our body are going to be renewed when he comes for us we're going to get new bodies and that's that's a lot of hope and he reminds us that God is faithful in verse 24. He who calls you is faithful will also do it. I just think that's a neat little verse there. He who calls you is faithful. And he will also do it. So God calls us. He's not going to fail. And he's going to do what he calls us to do. Amen. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord Jesus, by the Lord, that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Let's turn our attention now to some worldview things going on. Um, the big thing in the news this week, this weekend especially, was um, Iran was in the news. And Iran and the U.S. have been going at it. <clears throat> That's pretty important to us who believe in the Bible. Um, because you know, when you mention Iran, um, anybody who's studied about the War of Gog and Magog in the book of Ezekiel, um, is it knows that... Iran is a major player in the war of Gog and Magog. It's a war that has to take place before the rapture events. And so the rapture um, could happen at any time, but the, the return of Christ, the second Christ coming. So, um, you know, the war of Gog and Magog is pretty serious talk when it comes to Bible prophecy. Now, Iran reportedly had sunk two oil ships uh, that were not U.S. marked or anything, but pretty much sparked fear in the oil trade. 
and then they shot down a 250 million dollar um, drone that the U.S. was flying over, and so they flew they flew it near Iran. They shot it down. Um, they scrambled to um, get the technology from the plane back, and um, then there was going to be an airstrike ordered, and so people who were worried about President Trump, people who are anti-Trump people, um, should look twice on the reasons he aborted the the airstrike. He had ordered an airstrike, and then he uh, he then took it back and called off the airstrike, and he he used life. It was about life. Whenever the the president asked how many people it was going to kill, the airstrike he had ordered, it was 150 people projected. And we did not lose any people, although we lost some very expensive equipment and the war drums are hitting. Um, we haven't lost anybody, so he decided to pull back the airstrike and actually begin to think about doing other moves, sanctions, um, and, and using economic war. So that's what he's good at, and that's what he should stick to. I think that's really putting the pressure on them. And uh, But it's just interesting that that's in the, in the news this week. Anytime we look at those things, there's always some sort of chaos happening in the Middle East, but... That's a, that was something pretty big. That was almost the start of a war. So um, you have you have that. Um, you have oil prices going up, and that means gas is going to be going up. And I thought it was funny because my son got a new car, and um, he never complained. And, and we got new um, wheels on there, big wheels. And now that he has his own job, the uh, he complains about gas and the gas prices and everything, especially even the big wheels. And um, you know, the gas prices are going to be going up. And they they went down for the summer a little bit. In fact, I I had a gas station around the corner for me. It was under two dollars. Now I don't know anywhere else in the country you could find it for under two dollars, under three dollars much less under $2, so, um, but prices will be going up, and this all has to do with the things going on in the Middle East, there's also a lot of, uh, st- talk from North Korea, he, uh, the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, he received, received a letter from President Trump, and that letter, um, he said was an excellent letter and he would um, seriously contemplate the interesting content that was in it. So um, he also praised Mr. Uh, Trump's extraordinary courage and so it's just funny this guy really uh, respects him and he's one of the craziest uh, people to deal with in the world. And. Um, you know, that's that's interesting as well. We have uh, things going on on our border and there's there's a lot of migrants down stuck at the border, Mexico. And there's a lot of 
flow of undocumented immigrants that are coming. I talked to a friend down there, and he was living on uh, one of the border cities there in near uh, Baja, California. And he said that there was there was refugees from all over the world stuck there. Didn't speak Spanish, didn't speak English. They, there was people from Haiti, there was people from Africa, there was people from China, there was people from all, all over Asia, and, and, and of course South America and Mexico. And they were trying to make their way into the United States. And uh, there's a big uh, backup. There's a lot of changes going on there, um, a lot of work going on there to secure the border, but it is a humanitarian crisis, no matter what. Um, there, there's something that is going on there. These people are stuck between a rock and a hard place, and um, there are avenues for them to be able to get in legally, and they should, they should definitely do that. And then it, when it comes to the church, our our ambassadorship, our our citizenship is goes beyond. It extends beyond um, because we're citizens of heaven. So we should look into seeing what we could do to help the uh, the migrants and bring um, the gospel to the migrants. And you know, not just give them a handout, but give them a hand up. Give them the Lord Jesus and not just uh, patch up the situation, but take advantage of the opportunity that's there. That's one way to look at it. And there's many, there's many opportunities. So um, there's a lot of human trafficking taking place. And the United States um, is one of the worst countries in the world for human trafficking. So you have uh, United States and Mexico and the Philippines and people are selling people and there's human slavery happening at this point so those are some major things that are happening um, because of um, the talk on the, um, the border crisis people are stealing people and selling them putting them to work in the sex industry or in uh, just slave labor or um, really just taking advantage of them in the situation and it's really bad stuff. So um, how in America is this happening? We're the richest country by far, we're the most um, free country in the world by far and, and we're one of the worst in human trafficking. And so this is a, this is a great wrong, and um, God's, I believe He's shaking us and He's getting us, um, getting our attention. But um, you know we have to pay attention and we have to be aware. That's why we do um, podcasts like this to bring awareness to different things and to try to educate people on the different um, stages, world stages and all the information that is coming out. So um, another major thing that we have going on is um, the the Supreme Court Justice. Clarence Thomas this week had um, talked about his opinion 
out loud about Roe versus Wade, 1973 landmark case, which established the constitutional right to abortion. And his opinion came in, um, it was just Monday, last Monday, last week, um, that he wanted to overturn the demonstrably erroneous decisions, quote, even if they have been upheld for decades. So what he's saying is, just because it's been upheld for decades, doesn't mean we should continue to follow it, especially when it is demonstrably erroneous. It means it's a really, really bad decision. Just because somebody else made a really bad decision a long time ago, it doesn't mean that we have to continue going with it. And and now that we know more, and now that we see it, you know, and we can't reject it anymore, and more awareness is being um, brought to the um, public opinion. People know that it's evil. People know that it's wrong. Abortion is wrong, folks. It's killing. Killing unborn children. Plain and simple. And his view right here is really a call, I believe, for the Supreme Court to act and for people of faith and people with morality to act. So, you know, there's a lot going on and there's a big movement taking place in the Roe versus Wade um, overturn arena. I, th- I think we need to pray about this and I think we need to keep this in, in our prayer. Um, recently, the, the movie Unborn has come out. Um, the story about Abby Johnson. And let me find it here. Yeah, not unborn, it's unplanned. So, um, one of the things she did here, Abby Johnson, she used to be a director for Planned Parenthood, and they went and they had a, a march out in Times Square. And what she did out in Times Square was she amplified her baby's, um, her baby's heartbeat because she was pregnant with a baby at that time. I want you to take a listen here. This is her baby's heartbeat and it's being amplified. at the March for Life back on May 4th and you know the movie Unplanned we went and saw it and it has a scene in there where it just shows the actual abortion taking place and vacuuming the baby and out of the womb and it is just so horrifying and the people we went and took and uh, to watch it and I watched it myself twice and it was just uh you couldn't help but cry. People were crying, and it was just intense. And uh, wow, it was something that we need we need to turn around in this country. And if that's the last thing that we do, um, it needs to be done. If that's the last thing that we do as a as a people of faith before the Lord comes back, 
we need to have history record that there was people who did not like it, who didn't follow it, who didn't, who, who, who opposed it. And so um, I think we're making some big um, inroads into those arenas there. That's a huge arena. Un, um, Planned Parenthood, the, the company is a multi-billion dollar company. And, uh, you know, what we see on the film there, Unplanned, and what we see um, happening now that, that um, the presidential Democratic, um, you know, bid for presidency is up to run for president. Unplanned Parenthood just hosted a event, um, like a town hall, and 16 out of the 20 candidates for, for the Democrats showed up to it. And it was like a, a carnival, like a circus. And the people who were there, um, they were just bowing down to the God of abortion, talking about abortion, um, how it's woman's uh, health and women's rights and all that stuff. And everybody knows that Jesus gave women their first rights, that Jesus gave them the right to life. And so, you know, the, the, the whole thing is just the spirit of the Antichrist working in a major way. And that, that's what we're dealing with here. The, the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well. Um, there are churches who believe in the right for abortion. There are churches who believe in all sorts of stuff. They're, those are not churches. They're churches in name, but, but not in, in the real truth of what Christ calls his bride. And so those are those are a few things that I wanted to bring up in this podcast. Um, I'd like to hear from you guys. If you guys want to message on the podcast app there through SoundCloud or through Anchor or through our um, website, you can just go ahead and, and type those things in and I'll bring you up some questions. There's going to be question and answer sessions that, that we do in the coming podcasts. So um, go ahead and send some questions in and we can start the conversations and really get um, the, the information out there. People need to be educated on these things going on around the world. You need to know what we're facing. You need to know where your children are headed into. And, uh, you know, the information is there, but we have to we have to sort it out and we have to pick through it because there's a lot of false and lying and um, and we have to compare it and this is all done guys to do a um, to build a biblical worldview to build a biblical worldview is to think through the lens of scripture through the lens of what God has said about these things God bless you guys I hope you have a great day